Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We are here on Ty Dillinger Day to talk about this past week in professional wrestling, which means we're going to talk about that thing they did in Australia, the, the Super Showdown. We're going to talk about the weekly TV, the Raw, the SmackDown, Mixed Match Challenge, NXT, Mayo Classic... I guess I'll note something from 205 Live, because something happened. Also got a little bit of New Japan we're going to talk about. We got all these pay-per-views coming up. Wrestling is busy. We have a busy episode this week. I'm your host, Owen, and I'm joined by all of you live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline, as well as we're on Twitter at The Heel Turn. So if you're tuned in live on the Wednesday night, send in your questions and your comments in the chat. And I may just mention them on the show. How's everyone doing? I'm feeling a bit better, fortunately, this week. So we're back in the normal setup. It's been a it's been a wild one. So much wrestling has been going on, so I couldn't afford to be sick because there's so much to talk about. Like seriously, there, there was a four-hour show at 5 a.m. on Saturday, and then King of Pro Wrestling happened for New Japan. And then all the normal bullshit happened. It's it's just wild. Wrestling is crazy right now. So we have plenty to talk about. I do want to say also, you know, before we get into the wrestling talk. I have a little banter I could talk about. And that's, I've been playing a little game called Forza Horizon 4. Because I have Xbox Game Pass. And let me tell you, those cars go fast. And that game's real pretty. And it, if if you're not a Game Pass subscriber, you should sign up and play this game because it's fantastic. I've been playing with my pal Trace, you know, who is our expert from New Japan by way of Seattle. Uh, we've been doing co-streams on Mixer. If you remember what Mixer is, we used to do the show on Mixer and Twitch, but then Twitch shut us down. It's a, it's a complicated thing. Point is... But doing some streams on Mixer because it's a Microsoft system and Forza Horizon 4 is a, is a Microsoft product. And there's integrations and it's cool. And I learned like the co-streaming stuff where you guys stream on the same page with a, with a combined chat. It's just the coolest thing. Really cool. Unfortunately, Twitch doesn't have anything like that. You had to go to Cadgar or something, and then you still have separate... Ch- it's a mess. So, uh, along with the nearly no delay, it's super cool. So yeah, for sure, definitely uh, check that out. I'm on Mixer at the Ozone. One word, no underscore. Follow me on there, because I'll continue to be doing the forts on that system because I get experience for doing it when people watch. It's it's a thing. But yeah, that's all we got for my banter. It's time that we move on to talk about the news. Not a lot of news this week, oddly enough. You would think with all the like any of the news is like pretty much built into talking about the shows. 
But uh, the one thing I can talk about is that next week is SmackDown 1000, the thousandth episode of SmackDown, and it seems to be a star-studded show. What they've announced so far is uh, Edge is going to be there with the cutting edge. Uh, we have a World Cup qualifying match between Rey Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura, which is a freaking dream match for Nakamura and dream match for pretty much anyone if they actually give it time. And not only that, uh, Rey Mysterio, they announced, is back full-time with WWE. And he's going to do a bunch of house shows, and he's going to be on the TV all the time, so that's cool. Fortunately, they're not sticking him in 205 li- Live Land, so that's that's a pleasant surprise. Also, he's too big of a story, uh, of a, of a uh, superstar to do that. Um, Evolution is going to be reuniting. On the go home show, well, not the is it the go home show? Uh, I don't th- no, it's not the go home show, but pretty much leading up to the evolution pay per view, we're having the male evolution reuniting for reasons. Whatever they they were a raw stable, so it makes no sense. But it gets the Triple H on and. Batista is going to make an appearance. And not only is Triple H going to be there, but so is The Undertaker. So they're going to continue that beef, which we're going to get into. But yeah. Uh, SmackDown 1000 coming up. Should be a good show. I really, really hope they give that Mysterio match time. I really want to see them just put on a barn burner. And then that be the only match. Just... Give the, the the cameo bullshit all the time you want, but at least save a half hour for this match. That's all I ask. So that's it for that the news. And I have to quickly change something in my notes because I can't spell. There we go. This isn't news, but I'm going to lump it in here anyway. It's a, a little update from New Japan Land since we did a whole discussion about it last week. Uh, King of Pro Wrestling was on Monday. And uh, two big stories came out of that. Uh, the first being that Los Ingrenables de Hopan gained a new member. And it was uh, Shingo Takagi. Which, if that name's not familiar to you, he's a, a fairly big name from Dragon Gate. And if Dragon Gate sounds familiar, it's because that's where Pac, the former Neville, just showed up. So, make it space. It's, instead of Neville showing up in New Japan, we got Takagi. So, he's in there. He's going to be in the uh, Super Juniors uh, Tag League for LIJ. So, that should be fine. But the big, big one is that after Jay White lost his shot at the briefcase from uh for the Tokyo Dome. Hiroshi Tanahashi won that. Um he and uh Gato and Jado attacked, which led to Okada coming in for the save. Which then led to the Bullet Club OG showing up and the big reveal is No, Jay White's not splintering Chaos, but instead is joining the Bullet Club OG. Because, sure. Put all the assholes together. Why not? It 
it makes sense. Earlier in the year, Kenny Omega tried to recruit Jay White to uh, to the Bullet Club when it was one faction, and he turned it down for chaos. Now he's with the asshole version of Bullet Club. It works. Why not? Can't wait to boo the shit out of him even more now. But the interesting thing is that uh, Okada and Tanahashi uh, kind of being buddies lately. Could be a chance of them uh, teaming up in the tag league coming up. That's a that would be a hell of a thing, wouldn't it? So there you go. That's uh, that's my update from the world of New Japan. For those interested in that sort of thing. Unfortunately, our pal Trace is not with us. And uh, that premium show I mentioned about covering progress uh, a week or so ago, it's kind of up in the air now, because my pal who's supposed to be covering that with me has some issues with scheduling. So we'll see if that actually happens. If not, maybe I can pull Trace in for an impromptu just chat about wrestling in general. Doesn't have to be New Japan. Since all the New Japan stuff has already kind of happened. Next next stop is the Tag League. And then on our way toward Tokyo Dome. So that's that. And uh, let's, let's move on to talk about the, the big four-hour show we had on Saturday morning. The Super Showdown from Melbourne, Melbourne. It's it's Melbourne, not Melbourne. It's Melbourne, Australia. Where, uh... It was four hours. It was really long. And a lot of it didn't matter. In the long run. Pretty much a house show with a few notable things. Um... So I'm not gonna go down the whole card, but I'm gonna tell you about the things that mattered from it. Because we have a lot to cover on this show tonight. So first up, we got Charlotte and Becky... Fighting it out for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Excellent match. As Well, excellent match while it lasted because Becky continues to be a heel against our wishes and did the cowardly thing of hitting Charlotte with the belt to get disqualified and retain. Which, when that happened, you instantly felt, okay, this this show doesn't really matter all that much. Now does it. We're not going to see a bunch of big title changes. Instead, we're building toward SmackDown this week, which they even promoted the match. Uh, after that, uh, John Cena made a cameo appearance. Uh, someone, someone's mentioning the the Miz match. We're, we're going to get to that. It, it was not a botch. It went as expected. Uh, we had so John Cena made his cameo appearance with his JBL hair. It was very bizarre looking, but again, he's filming for a movie, so I, I guess he needs the dumb hair for that. He teamed with Lashley to take on Kevin Owens and Elias, and the keyword is cameo because here's the thing. I mentioned that movie he's shooting in China, in China with Jackie Chan. They do not want him taking any bumps. B- 
because he's the big star of their movie. So he got tagged in for a minute, did his five moves of Doom, then brought back his sixth move of Doom, which is the lightning fist thing, and he won. Because John Cena. Everyone's happy. His hair's weird. Whatever. They've already got him qualified for the World Cup in Saudi Arabia, so... Curious to see how that goes. With the whole, you know, gotta protect him thing. Like, I assume he's gonna... He has to, like, get into the finals of the tournament, right? He is John Cena. So maybe those will just be a bunch of quick squashes, which is a unfortunate thing. Uh, someone asking about some rumor of some match that I don't think is going to happen. If I'm going to be quite honest. Don't need to address it. Don't think that's going to happen. Right, thanks for tuning into the live show. Uh, we did have a WWE Championship match between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, and that match was quite good. And actually had implications for the rest of the week. Because it was a no disqualification, no countouts, must be a winner. So you knew they were going to use chairs and tables and all that in the match. And it was a great, intense match. Didn't rely heavily on the props, but used them effectively. And the story ended up being that Joe's knee popped during a move and he was really messed up from it and Styles took advantage of this and put on a knee, a knee bar and caused Joe to have to tap out. So we had a clean finish and it made sense because Joe's knee got screwed up and the person actually used that for the finish. Weird. Logical storytelling in a match even. It was probably the best match of the show, so if you're going to skim through this whole thing, watch that one. That's the one to watch. This one you can watch because it lasted two minutes, but we did have The Miz versus Danny Bryan for a shot at the WWE Championship, and uh, despite what my pal Dave in the chat says, it was not a botch. It was simply, this show's running very long. We're not going to give away the singles match on this Australia show. It doesn't matter. Screw these people. Just had Danny Bryan win, and let's move on with the story. So he, he put him in a small pack. Mr. Small Package, use a small package. Picked up the three, and beat the Miz. In two mats. Uh, ah, there's Trace. Speaking of Trace... Uh, he said that psych Psychology 102, having a match without Kenny Omega. It's true. Also, you missed my uh, updates on the King of Pro Wrestling. So, Trace, if you have, have any comments about uh, the two new like changes in the factions, please feel free to drop them in the chat, and I will address them on the show. What else we got on here? Oh, yeah. Remember how the show's on Australia? We had the Iconics uh, in a tag match against Naomi and Asuka. And watching Asuka dance along with Naomi was really upsetting and going, oh, we're never getting 
super dominant Asuka again, are we? That time's past. And we already have some up-and-coming uh, Japanese stars in NXT that are going to probably surpass her. Not not streak-wise, but just priority-wise. And, uh, proved it even further because the Iconics won! In their home country, even. Which is great. And if you haven't seen it, WWE on the website and on social media posted a video backstage of the Iconics watching footage of their families seeing their entrance during the show and getting super emotional. And it's it's just wonderful. I, I love this stuff. It's really heartwarming. Check it out. As if you couldn't love the Iconics more. There they are being gushy real people that are quite nice. Here we go. Here's some Trace uh, some Trace hot takes here. Oh, I Jai Sh uh, Shingo. Fair enough. Nothing surprising. Bullet Club OG and Jay White. Well, at least all those Switchblade breathers will fall in with a fan base as depressing as they are. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I said. <laughs> the the, uh, the Shingo thing's fine. It works for the Super Junior Tag League. And a bunch of uh, assholes all teaming together. At least it doesn't splinter chaos, which chaos is already, you know, in enough trouble. They don't need more lack of a better word, chaos. And yes, I was getting to that, Dave, in the chat. Uh, we also had a cruiserweight championship match. A match that I last week I predicted would go to Cedric because Cedric's pretty much been undefeated this year, minus one tag. And, uh, whoops! WWE decided to go all in on the Australia stuff and had Buddy Murphy pick up the Cruiserweight title in a really, like, not rushed, but fast-paced match. Like, from the get-go, Buddy just gave, put it all out there, was just flying through the ring without any care, it was excellent. This was probably the number two match on the... I know, it's weird. Cruiserweight match. But hear me out. Number two match on the show behind the WWE title. So, it's it's a fast-paced match. It's it's worth checking out. Especially if... Even, even if you don't watch 205 Live. It's worth checking out. Uh, and then, the last thing from the Australia show talk about was the Triple H Undertaker last time ever match. <sighs> you know, this is the same company that said once in a lifetime, right? John Cena and The Rock, once in a lifetime. Then had the same match the following year at WrestleMania. At the WrestleMania I was at. Whoops. This match was an overbooked bunch of baloney. It's two old guys. Well, okay, Triple H can still go, but Undertaker cannot. So this is just a bunch of let's hide his weaknesses and have the old man run around with a bunch of toys to distract you from the fact that they're old and slow and it's this is sad. Don't why when you're showing a video package with their WrestleMania matches. And then you 
give us this. It's just sad. It was sad to watch. Shawn Michaels' hat was pretty much glued to his head for most of the time because he's bald. It it wasn't good. I don't know why... Well, okay, I know why Kane and Shawn Michaels were there, but... It's whatever. Triple H won after a super kick and a pedigree. He, he won and he cried. He's so happy. Oh, I finally beat the Undertaker's... Even though, dog, you've beaten Undertaker before. Not, it's not, it's not a big deal, dude. Undertaker is old. Is old. This didn't matter. Chill out. The the crying was over the top, and I didn't buy it. Then they all celebrated in the ring together, like, "Yay, we made history! It was a great match. Everyone loves us. Ignore the fact that people were bored out of their minds." And then, of course, the Brothers of Destruction attacked afterward. Because we gotta set up the thing in in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, yeah. Overall, this show was fine. I mean, the New Day match was fine. The, the women's six-woman tag, tag was not fine. It was it was it was too long and it didn't and nothing really mattered outside the cruiserweight title. But it's for two oh five live and it's a, not a show that you watch, so it doesn't really matter. I guess the Samoa Joe injury mattered. But that's about it. Yeah. Can't can't say I recommend the Super Showdown. Glad I did not wake up at five AM to watch it, because it was a bunch of baloney. So let's uh let's move over and talk about the weekly television, shall we? Because that's where the meat was. The the weekly TV. Raw was actually eventful and worth watching. I know. Crazy, right? The guy who loves SmackDown praising Raw, but here I am. Feel free to shame shame me in the chat for this, but this was a good episode of Raw. <laughs> I love that I say that, and then the first thing I write here is not a good thing. So hear me out. Let, let me get through this first part, then I'll tell you about the good stuff on Raw. Uh, Trey says, uh, which must be why Raw's ratings didn't tank to a new all-time low. Yeah, I mean, it's coming off a of pay-per-view, I guess. And the Redskins were in Monday Night Football, and no one cares about the Redskins. And they always lose on Monday night, so I guess that helps. But yeah, the show kicked off with uh, Degeneration X reuniting. Yep, John Michaels and, uh, and Triple H. They're gonna fight. They're gonna fight the Brothers of Destruction because last time ever doesn't include tag matches. I do appreciate though that at least Shawn Michaels made some sense as to why he was unretiring, and his logic was, "I kept my promise on being retired for eight and a half years because of 
a mutual respect with The Undertaker, but after that bullshit in Australia, clearly it it never existed, so fuck that. I'm back. I'll take that $10 million in Saudi money. I have no hair, and I must wrestle for oil money. That's that's the Shawn Michaels story. So yeah. Shawn Michaels at retirement. We're going to have this match at the Saudi Arabia show. Because fuck it. It's because the other people that the Saudi people wanted are dead. If, if you don't know the story. Uh, Saudi Arabia. During their, the Greatest Warrior Rumble. They wanted Macho Man and Andre the Giant. And Ultimate Warrior. And the WWE to say, yeah, we could, but they're dead, and they've been dead for a while, so we're not really up on our necromancy, so can't can't really help you on that one, sorry. So yeah, we got this, the old, old people were going to do the wrestle match, and I bet you it's going to be the main event. Unless, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's going to be the triple threat for the Universal title. I think they're going to save it for the old guys, because fuck everything. So there you go. They at least made logical sense, but I still don't want to see the match. There's your, there's your main event for Crown Jewel. Now, now on to that good stuff I mentioned, because I said Raw had some good things. The first thing is that we had Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley, and, uh, Someone gave Leah Rush a live mic at ringside. And this being in Chicago, a crowd that very much likes Kevin Owens, we had Leah Rush annoyingly on the mic telling everyone to cheer for Bobby Lashley the entire time, which made them even angrier toward him. And as a result, Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of Owens, and in the post-match beat the shit out of him some more, fucked up his leg, and Kevin Owens is gone. Because he legitimately needs knee surgery. He, he won't be out long, but he's out enough that he's going to no longer be in the, um, the MMC. Because everyone that's in the MMC is getting injured. Everyone. So yeah, this was a much needed heel turn for Bobby Lashley. Him and Leah Rush play a really super annoying pair, and it gives... Lashley's some actual life because really it was just boring to watch him beat up a bunch of heels while just being a bath turd. Speaking of heel turns, um, we had a rematch from the Australia show with the Riot Squad against the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey. And this time, it ended with the thing we expected in Australia. With the Bellas turning on Ronda. Because we've got to promote a match for Evolution. And fuck the mutual respect thing. Let's just have the Bellas be the shitheads that we want them to be. Because no one like outside of the Total, Total Divas fans like them. So there you go. Now that Bree's away from Danny Bryan, she can go be a shitty heel with her sister and get decked by Ronda Rousey. So that's your that's your match for Evolution for the Raw Women's title. Whereas we have a excellent match set up 
for SmackDown side, which we'll get to, we've got Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey, two people that aren't, like, regular. Okay, Ronda's kind of a regular, but she's treated special because she's Ronda Rousey. And I guess a part-timer. Because Raw. That match is going to be real bad. Unless it's under a minute. But you know it's going to last longer and it's going to have a bunch of Bella Twin bullshit. So, eh. Whatever. Uh, redirecting back to the World Cup stuff that's happening over in uh, the Saudi Arabia show at Crown Jewel. Um, they started to announce the people that are going to qualify for the uh, the World Cup tournament, which is a Apparently, it's going to happen. It'll be a one-night tournament. I guess it's all going to happen on the on the show, the one show. So, uh, the first entrant doesn't even need to qualify. It's John Cena and his dumb hair. Yay! But now everyone else has to qualify, and Baron Corbin does this by having a global battle royal, which is. Him fighting a bunch of smaller stereotypes in a very on-the-edge segment. This was very close to being offensive. They didn't go that far, fortunately, but they got close. They got very close. So we had a bunch of uh, these wrestlers with real dumb names. I, I didn't write any of them down. You, you can look it up. They were real dumb. And uh, one of them was the Conquistador, which was from Mexico and wore an old, a gold bodysuit. And uh, he was the last one in the ring with Corbin, and uh, all of a sudden he hit an angle slam and eliminated Corbin. And hey, it's Kurt Angle, he's back! Because Kurt Angle's a name that Saudi Arabia knows. So there you go. Kurt Angle's back. He's, I guess he's not back as GM, but he's back for the Saudi Arabia paycheck. So that's cool. Um, now see, we went from Evolution, we went to the Crown Jewel show. Now we're going back to Evolution because we had the Alexa versus Trish match announced. We had a Mickey James and Lita match announced. There's no time for all these singles matches. Fuck that. Put them all together. It's a tag match. Now it's Trish and Lita teaming up against Alexa and Mickey. And the reason for this is one, Alexa Bliss is still not 100% from that injury. And two, Lita and Trish aren't in enough ring shape to do a singles match that will be decent and not look like them getting dragged around the ring by people who know what they're doing. So let's just mask it and have them in a tag match. Problem solved. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just a nostalgia thing. I don't expect anything good from this. Trish, Trish will hit her move. Lita will hit her move. Everyone will clap and say, you still got it. Yay. Uh. And then, uh, finally, 
the last thing was it's an episode of Raw, so the, the big dogs got a main event. And uh, fuck the Australia show, so let's have a rematch. It's uh, the Dogs of War against the Hounds of Justice once again. And uh, how it went in Australia is that D- uh, Dean Ambrose hit 30 deeds and picked up the win for his team. But let's fuck that. Joe doesn't matter. Instead, we're going to keep telling the story about how Dean's the weak link of the group. And have him take the pinfall. And then after the sh- after the match, him kind of be disgruntled and upset and abandon his brothers and leave. And there's a WWE.com video of him saying, I don't, I don't fit anywhere. I'm sad. I'm going to just walk out of the arena. And I, I don't know what they're doing. Like, is is this how they're going to break up the shield this time? Is this going to be... Dean's going to be a mopey little bitch? At least last time it was impactful with Seth just turning on everyone unexpectedly. Like, you could have at least had Dean turn unexpectedly on his brothers this time. Which is what everyone wanted the first time. But no, we're going to have sad Dean. Dean's going to be sad. What's he going to do? He's so sad. So that's uh, I bet you he just feels better all of a sudden and helps his helps his brothers win and everything will be hunky dory because the shield is merchandise money and that's what WWE wants. I, I don't even think Dean and Seth have matches yet for the uh, Saudi Arabia show, so probably have them tag up against Ziggler and McIntyre for the tag belts again. Oh joy. And uh Yeah, that's it for that's for, for Raw. Raw had some eventful things, and it was decent. It's a shame Kevin Owens is gone, but Bobby Lashley's heel, and the Bellas are heel. Let's 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 move over to talk about SmackDown now. And uh SmackDown also had good things, because SmackDown always has good things. Let's be fair. First thing we got here is we had, but well, the sh- the show got like, kicked off even without entrances. We just straight up said, "All right, we're having Becky and Charlotte. They're gonna wrestle their rematch, and uh, there can be no disqualifications." Or no, this, no. The rule was actually that if Becky gets disqualified, she loses the belt. That was the stipulation. My bad. And uh, show kicked off. Bell rang immediately. Excellent match. It's the match we should have had in Saudi Arabia. Despite the fact it also had a bad finish, but the post match was worth it. So what happened is they were fighting each other so hard. That they both got counted out. So, not as qualification, Becky keeps the belt. But, it wasn't as bullshit because it showed, hey, these guys, these two hate each other so much that it cannot be contained in the ring for a pinfall. And uh, they fought up the ramp, and then Charlotte speared Becky through the LED boards of the entranceway, and it looked cool. It was very cool. (laughs) 
Good spot. And also, fun fact, uh, that that LED board was messed up for the remainder of the show along with uh, the Mixed Match Challenge. So it was, it was a fun touch. I, I enjoyed it. At least this, unlike the uh, the Ryback Cena one, it wasn't a double count out that way. And it also means that they probably won't do that spot at the pay-per-view match because they've already done it. So we don't have to fear this. It was it was good, and uh, Paige announced later that the rematch would take place at Evolution and be the first ever last woman standing match in WWE. So good, I'm, that's, that match is going to be great. Raw can have their bullshit Nikki Bella stuff, SmackDown's got Charlotte and Becky last woman standing, and it's going to be cool. Please don't have another bad finish. Because the stuff before that's good. Please. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy come back from his Hell in a Cell injuries. And he took on Samoa Joe to qualify for that World Cup tournament. And remember how I said Samoa Joe's injuries were one of the few important things from the Australia show? Well, he was all bandaged up real badly. And we had the match... And uh, because his knee was so screwed up, Jeff said, Hey, I'm just going to beat the shit out of his knee. Until he can't stand. Which he couldn't, and the referee had to go, Dude, you can't defend yourself. You can't even stand. I gotta I got call the match. So, selling. And injuries mattering. And telling the story of the match. How about that? I'm pointing this out, one, because Trace is a stickler for actually selling her injuries. And, as am I, but him more so. And two, because when we get to the Mae Young Classic, oh boy. Oh boy. So yeah, Jeff Hardy qualifies, he moves on. We had another... The, okay. Aiden English was going to reveal the rest of One Night in Milwaukee. And because we had a cliffhanger where Verlana said, I want you, and then it just paused because we didn't get to see the rest of the clip. <laughs> Trey says, you bet I am in the chat, in all caps, because yeah, man, selling matters. Uh, so English revealed more of it, which... Again, ended in a weird spot, which looked like Lana was kind of coming on to Aiden. But, because it's 2018, and this is how hacking works, Lana hacked Aiden English and got the rest of the video. And then played it. Just to, them, just Rusev yelling, you got hacked, was the corniest shit. And it and the crowd was like, gave no, no reaction to it, but I found it hilarious. So it, it ended up with Aiden trying to come on to Lana, and Lana being like, no, I'm married, fuck you, I'm leaving. And he's got all egg on his face, and Rusev attacks him. Because Aiden says that, yeah, yeah, okay, you caught me, but... Lana, the offer's still on the table. When you get tired of Rusev Days, 
you can try an Aiden Knight. And yeah, don't 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 try to you know hit on a dude's wife, dude. You get your ass kicked, which is what happened. So I'm not sure if this feud's over or if it's gonna lead to a match in the coming weeks. I, I honestly don't care. I want Rusev to move on to better things, please. The Milwaukee thing was cool for a week. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of done. Oh no, Trace in the chat says happy Aiden Knight's sexual predators. No, too soon. Trace is too soon. We're already dealing with that with a, with a WWE Hall of Famer. We don't need to deal with that. The storylines. Oh god. Oh god. Um, then we had the main event of SmackDown, which was the returning Big Show, who we hadn't seen since that cage match in the beginning of the year with Braun Strowman, take on Randy Orton to qualify for the World, the World Cup thing. And the thing is with this one, that it actually could have gone either way, because Big Show is a familiar name, and as close to... Andre the Giant, as we're going to get. And Randy Orton's Randy Orton. Fortunately, we didn't have to see Big Show do more wrestling, even despite the fact he did fine in the match. I mean, he was a little slow and, you know, a little out of breath because he hadn't done it in a while. But he did, he did fine. The crap hand, you still got it. And I was like, ah, he's okay, I guess. Not like he did a flip like at the show I was at a couple years ago, which damn well impressed me because I was I was at ringside and yelled at him that he should retire, and then he did that flip and I went, never mind, you just keep wrestling, doing good, you do you're doing good. He he got RKO'd and Orton advanced, and then the show just kind of ended. So yeah. Some interesting stuff happened on SmackDown. I'm look I'm think that the Becky Charlotte thing is the main event angle of this show and it is fantastic. So uh Trace says that the WWE World Cup has four of the eight slots filled by US folks thus far. That seems contrary to the whole point of the name. Number one It's just like the that green belt from the uh, the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. It, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. And number two, we're guaranteed at least one international person because, as I said at the top of the show, Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke Nak- Nakamura next week to qualify. That match, if given time, is going to be incredible. Also, I bet Finn Balor is going to get into this thing. Would make sense. And who else would make sense in this thing? Uh, eh, we'll figure out next week. It's not a big deal. But that's at least two that are international people that will definitely qualify. Trace is Rey Mysterio. Yeah, Rey Mysterio. He's from Mexico. Who's that jumping at the sky? Oh wait, no, he doesn't do that one. He does the Booyaka thing now. What? 
by the way, also, Trace, if you missed it at the top of the show, I said that Rey Mysterio, not only back next week, but announced to be back full-time. And not on 205 Live. So, excellent stuff. Yep, San Diego, Mexico. You, you nailed it. Just like Seattle, New Japan. It makes sense. Don't question my logic. I'm good at cartography. I know all the maps. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of 205 Live, uh, one thing to note from that show is that Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis are on there now. So Mike Kanellis can stop jobbing constantly on main event. He can actually be a person again. Good for him. Good for him. Oh yeah, the Mixed Match Challenge also happened on Tuesday night, and we had Monster Eclipse beating uh, B&B, which is Balor and Bailey, and uh, Phenomenal Flair being Charlotte and AJ beating Fabulous Truth, Carmella and R-Truth. One good thing from this was a, a, a dance break slash battle taking place during the ladder match and everyone hitting splits and then AJ Styles trying to and then pulling his groin instead. It's fun. The the, the MMC is fun. It's on Facebook. Watch. It's worth checking out because it's just goofiness. Also, I'm starting to like Vic Joseph because they're giving him personality which is a weird thing to say. But here we are. Him and uh, Caleb Braxton, who do the uh, the pre-show, actually have good chemistry. I, I like those two a lot. So that's it for the main roster TV, unless anyone has any other comments for things that I missed. Because if I missed it, it's probably for a good reason. Let's Let's talk about NXT. NXT had a, a a pretty pretty good show, considering what the main event was. Uh, we started off NXT with a Tomato Champs Velveteen Dream promo, where uh, Ciampa came out to his new theme and declared that the the greatest sports entertainer of all time has the greatest theme song of all time, because it shuts the the sheep up. You keep chanting for him. Which is good. And then he starts talking shit on Velveteen Dream, and uh, Dream shows up and be like, fuck you, I'm the Velveteen Dream. You're not the greatest superstar of all time. Uh, Ciampa responds by saying, listen, I we all know why you're out here. It's because you want what I want, which is... Or what I you want what I have, which is not only the championship but the main event. That's what you want. And uh, he talks to the belt because the belt talks. Apparently, all belts talk, not just in New Japan. Turns out. But uh, the NXT title talks to him and says that Dream isn't tough enough for the, the championship, which gets an oh snap moment from the crowd because. Remember, he was on the Tough Enough reality show and he lost. Remember that? The Dream doesn't remember, but I do. Then out of nowhere, Nikki Cross shows up. 
gets in the ring. And the crowd immediately chants triple threat. To which I went, yeah, I'd watch that. That'd be pretty good. I like Nikki Cross. We're never going to do a intergender triple threat, but I... Yeah, this would, this would work. And, uh... Then the crowd went to chant, Nikki knows a secret. Because she's been going around saying she knows things. And, uh... She tells Dream that she kn- knows what he did. Then he puts her ear to the belt and starts laughing. And as soon as Ciampa goes to put the mic up to his mouth to say something, she knocks it out of his hands, falls on the floor, and whispers into the mic, I know what you did too. And uh, she just acts weird and leaves, and everyone's confused. What is she talking about? Are they both in cahoots? Could be. I'm starting to think that she's full of shit, considering what happens later in the show. Or maybe it's going to be a, a Murder on Orient Express uh, situation, which would be really funny. But we'll we'll see how it goes. We had the match I was dreading last week, with the or two weeks ago, whenever they set this match up, and I was upset. Keith Lee taking on Kona Reeves. If you don't know, uh, Keith Lee is amazing and possibly one of my favorite guys in NXT right now. And Kona Reeves is the exact opposite. Despite the fact that he keeps saying that he's the finest. So, let me read these first three bullet points that I wrote about this match. I said, Morrow says Lee is in for a tough fight. And I laugh. Kona says he's NXT's finest. And I laugh. Keith Lee beats the shit out of Kona Reeve, and I laugh. But then the laughing stopped because Kona used the the ring skirt to blind the blind Keith Lee, and then hit him with a bunch of punches in the face, and that wasn't bad. That was bad. Then he put him in a chokehold, and that was bad. And I was having a bad time. But then Keith Lee kind of powered up and kind of sold the strikes and. One with the Supernova, which is a fireman's carry into a jackhammer. It's a cool move. And he, he got the win. Not a great match, but I do love me some Keith Lee, because that dude's real big, and he can do a bunch bunch of moves that he should not be able to do. He's like our more impressive Apollo Crews. If, if that makes sense. So... After that, we had Cachizono outside of Regal's office, and he approaches him and says, uh, what, so what's the deal? I told you the other week that I want, I I want, when your shiny toy's ready, I want to, I want to break it. So where is it? Where is he? Where's Matt Riddle? I want to fight Matt Riddle. Because he says, that Regal has a bromance with the guy, so it's it's Matt Riddle. He says, when's he going to show up? Regal's like, fuck you, dude. You're, you're Ketrazona, who cares? I got stuff to do. So he leaves, and uh, then Nikki Cross appears, 
as soon as Regal leaves and says, I know what you did. And then leaves. So, like I said, either every, either she's just out of her mind and doesn't know anything, or it's Murder on the Orient Express. Which, I'm voting for that one. I, I would like it to be that one. Uh, then we get the main event. Weird, I've only covered a couple segments, but yeah, this is the main event. It's main event time. This this is half of the episode. Buckle up. It's for the North American Championship. It's Ricochet defending against Adam Cole and Pete Dunne in a triple threat. And... Oh boy, this match is good and I can't do it justice in these notes. You should watch it. If you like professional wrestling, you should watch this match. So I I will run down what I wrote here, but really, I, I, I can't do it justice. You should watch this match. The bell rings, Ricochet and Dunn fight over who's going to beat up Adam Cole. Uh, Dunn, at one point... Puts Adam Cole into a surfboard, and uh, while he's in the hole, Ricochet uh, hits him with the uh, right drop kick, right in the head. Uh, Rick, then I write Ricochet is bouncing all over the place, taking both guys out inside and outside the ring, just doing Ricochet things. You know how it is. Excellent match so far. Cole actually trying to beat Ricochet, so he's not trying to. Uh, you know, win the championship without paying the champ. He's actually trying to beat Ricochet, which was a nice touch. Uh, at one point, Ricochet goes for like a, a kind of like a lion salt off the off the middle rope, and once again, like last like the the last time uh, we had this match, or we had Ricochet in a match. Uh, oh no, it was the it was the Adam Cole match. This was a Callback to the Adam Cole match, where he was in the middle of the the lion salt, and both Cole and Pete Dunne double super kick him right in the damn face. But it took a lot out of them because, and it laid everyone out, and it was cool. It was a cool spot. Uh, Cole and Dunne get to their knees after this and start just swinging at each other and flurry of punches, and it's great. Uh, Dunn takes uh, Cole out to the outside, puts his hand on the steel steps, and stomps on it. Because Pete Dunn's an asshole. He hates people having fingers and must destroy them. Uh, I, I write, everyone is flipping onto each other. This is madness. Yeah, that sums that part up, right? Dunn hits the bitter end on Ricochet. Cole dives in for the save at the last second. The crowd starts chanting fight forever. And with this match being half the episode, they pretty much were. Cole tries to pin Dunn with his feet on the ropes. And uh, still, Pete Dunn kicks out. Because there's no disqualification, so he can do whatever. What's he going to do? Get in trouble? Uh, so Dunn hits the bitter end. Alright, this segment, this 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 whole sequence was crazy. Dunn hits the bitter end, 
Ricochet hits a shooting star press on the Dunn, but is caught into a triangle. And then, while in the hold, Pete Dunn breaks his fingers. Cole hits a super kick, and then hits a super kick on Ricochet, then takes Pete Dunn and puts him in a spike neck breaker for two. Ridiculous. Then I just get to the end where I say I can't keep up with this, but Ricochet uh, hit a 450 after uh, while he was had like a laid back pin on Cole, so he was in possession for the 450, took it and uh, got pinned. Ricochet retains his belt. Excellent stuff. Really, really good. You should watch this match. It is fantastic. And it's about like 25 minutes. It's nuts. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed these three would have a great match? I'm excited to see what Pete Dunne's going to do in the, the UK division now. I'm not even sure who's in that. I, I'm, they taped TV, I think, but we haven't seen it yet, so who knows. But that's it for NXT. It's mostly that one match, so I'm going to give it a big old thumbs up. And now we move on to the last segment, which is the Mae Young Classic. And it is the final four matches of the... Uh, is it the quarterfinal? It's round two. It's the last. It's the final matches of round two. So uh, I I missed last week because of the sickness and having to do show early. But a bunch of people advanced that you expected to advance. It's, it's fine. Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, you know, the expected. But this week we have. Zeoxes versus Io Shirai up first. But uh, since I missed last week, I got to see the the part where they show the finishes of their first round matches during their entrances. And I think that was a cool touch. Gives you a quick reminder, hey, this is how they got here. Check it out. That was very good. Uh... Shirai's Lucha Bear mask is pretty cool during her entrance. I like she wears a mask and then takes it off and does the wrestling. Cool little thing. Uh, they mentioned that this is Zeoxy's dream match because while these two have you know made their names in Japan, they've never crossed paths and had a match. So this will be the first time for that one. In a WWE ring, no less. So, uh... First thing I point out is Jesus Zeoxes does a running basement drop kick while uh, Eo is uh, sitting on the uh, the ring apron, and she just gets her shoulder all kinds of messed up. Yikes! It looked real bad, and she was screaming in a real bad way about it. Hold on, my iPad is acting up. So, there we go. Um, Zeoxy, so here we go. After that, the story becomes focusing on this this 
shoulder injury. But then she, uh, but then uh, Eo just shrugs it off and goes, "I'm Mel- Michael Elgin. I I don't know how selling works. I'm just gonna use my arm like it's fine." And I got real sad. And Xeoxes uh, hits a Michinoku driver, surprisingly for two. Shout out to uh, Michinoku. She then after that she tries to follow up with a moonsault and she misses. Uh, then uh, Eo goes up for a moonsault and Xeoxes uh, stops her at the top and you know takes her feet out so she hits the uh, the support the, the support cable with her midsection. Then Xeoxes goes up there and attempts a Spanish fly, which is how she won in the previous round. Eo stops that, uh, counters it into a top rope hurricane rana, hits a double knees to the back, and then sets her up for the moonsault, hits it this time, and gets the victory. Excellent match with these two. Eo is clearly the big star of this tournament, so she advances. I haven't read spoilers, but I expect her to make it to the semis, or even the finals. So after that, we have Diana Perrazzo versus uh, Zia Lee. This is an excellent match. It's a uh, physical. Like, I didn't rail on this in this match because it's just a bunch of. We're going to beat the shit out of each other, which is cool. Physical, hard fought match. Uh, another match focusing on the arm, this time being uh, Zaya's. And uh, this time, she actually sells it. For for the most part. She stops selling it near the end. Because it gets better. I guess. Uh, what happens is that Diana catches uh, Lee off the top rope. Immediately into the armbar. And uh, Zaya has to tap out. Diana moves on. Not not eventful match, but a hard-hitting one. So I I enjoyed it. Then we had Nicole Matthews versus Tegan Knox. And uh Michael Cole says about Tegan Knox, this is my pick to win the entire tournament. And I go, oh no, don't why? Because if you don't know, she she gets hurt in the next round and is out for like a long period of time. We'll get to it when that match comes. I'm not looking forward to it. So yeah, they're talking about Knox's knee brace, and it is just filling me with more dread. Because if you don't know, her other knee gets injured in the in the next match and ends her ends her ends her run, and it's really 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 bummer. It's really a big bummer. Matthews is hitting hard and is tired of hearing about her comeback with with her knee brace. Then she starts brutally elbowing her in the chest. But Knox uses that knee brace to hit a shining wizard and pick up the victory. So again, it wasn't that eventful of a match, but the story was about the knee brace 
and I was getting super anxious watching it, but she prevailed. So she lives to fight another day. For now. And finally, the main event, which was my match of the night. It was Caitlyn versus Mia Yim. The final match of the round. And uh, during Mia's entrance, they replay that spot from the last round where she chopped the post and it made the real bad sound and I, I got upset about it all over again. But her hand was heavily taped up for this match as a result of it and she sold it and it was the whole story of the match and I want to applaud her for actually going through with it. Not forget... Kind of like a Juice Robinson thing. Tape up the injury so you know... Remind, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be hurt here. I'm going to freaking sell it. And unlike Juice Robinson, she didn't take it off. She kept that thing on and it was the focus. And it was it was great. It was great. And uh, Mia says, hey, all these other matches were focusing on the arm. What if I take out Caitlyn's leg... And kick her hard in the back of the leg and start putting submission holds on her leg and really messing her up. It was good. And Caitlin had to sell this because later in the match, you see that leg that she was getting hurt and it was like turning like real dark red and like bruising up real badly. So yeah, she got she got messed up real bad on that leg. Yikes. Mia Yim ain't messing around. Uh, so after the, the leg, you know, focusing on the leg, putting the submissions on, she mounts Caitlyn and starts punching her in the damn face with the hurt hand. Because, you know, it's hard, and also, ow, this really hurts, but I need to, I need to use this hard tape to hit you. And... After pausing for a second, she tries to do the punches again, and Caitlyn moves out of the way, and Mia punches the the ring real hard, and oh man, yikes! It looked it looked bad. It made a thud that I didn't enjoy. Mia, Mia Yim is going 100% in this, and I am living for it. Big ups to her. Um. So then after that. Caitlyn goes, oh yeah, I'm gonna me- now I'm gonna mess up this hand that's already hurt by putting her in a submission where she takes her hand, she- oh she grabs the, ar- the wrist, it's wrist control, then bends the hand back, and it looks painful as hell, and Mia is screaming, and it is rough. Really good stuff. Uh, then we get to an interesting thing where Mia hits her finisher to Soul Food. And Caitlyn kicks out in a big surprise. And then uh, she gets real frustrated and and gets sloppy. Caitlyn stops the German suplex attempt by, you know, hammering down on the injured hand, which, you know, you use to lock up the German. So she can't do that. And uh, hits her with a spear. For two. Again. Exchanging of finishers did, did not get the job done. Uh, then it ends with Mia returning to the leg, putting Caitlyn into a knee bar on the bad leg, and because she was in the middle of the ring and she could not get to the ropes close enough, 
Caitlyn taps out. Mia Yim moves on. She is crushing it. Mia Yim is extremely good, and huge applaud to her. Keep, keep, keep going all out for this. This is excellent stuff. And that wraps up round two, because Evolution's coming up, and that's where the finals is, so we need to move along and get there. So I believe the quarterfinals are next. So we'll be kicking that off next week on the show. Looking forward to some of those matches, because now we're getting to the nitty-gritty. We're getting down to the real good stuff. And I am looking... Not to say that this week wasn't good stuff, but it just just gets better. Because the field is shrinking. And the people that really have a shot at winning are now in really tough competition. But yeah, that's that's the Mayo Classic match of the night. Obviously, Caitlyn versus Mia Yim. Excellent, excellent stuff. Great selling, great storytelling. Mia Yim is one of the MVPs of this tournament. And that's it. That That's it for Heel Turn. It's a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. We do this show live every Wednesday night on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Ozone Online. So make sure you follow, make sure you tune in on there, get in your comments. Shout outs to Dave and Trace in the chat. Helping help me out here, adding in some great comments. Really appreciate it. As I had said to Trace, I don't think he was listening at the time, but uh, the progress bonus show that I was planning for this month may end up not happening due to scheduling conflicts, so I may call Trace in to do a bonus show just just to shoot the shit about wrestling, mostly of the Japanese variety, to see what's going on, get, get getting hyped for the uh, the tag leagues. And where New Japan is heading as we get closer to the Tokyo Dome. Could be fun. We'll have to see. I, I will I will chat with him off the air, see if we can arrange that if the uh, progress bonus show indeed does not happen. So stay tuned on the social medias and on our Patreon at patreon.cool which is where you can help donate to get those bonus episodes along with show notes and access to special discords and all kinds of fancy stuff. Uh, You can follow this show on social media by going to Facebook and searching for ProWrestling.Cool or Facebook.com slash P-W-D-O-T-C because we have to spell out the dot. Same thing on Twitter, PWDOTC, or at the heel turn, which when we are better staffed on the site, we'll hopefully get that doing more tweets about wrestling during shows. So still gotta work that out. Still a one man still a one man crusade with a, a with some assistance from some friends. And if you want to check out our hub, ProWrestling.cool. It's a URL. Type it in. Take it to our website. We got wrestling stats. We got the podcast. 
occasionally we have hot takes there. We were reworking what the weekly WWE sh- outside of stats with the weekly uh you know recapping right up journalistic opinion piece. I don't know. We're we're going to work that out. Hopefully by November we'll have something to replace about last night since that focuses on one show and I don't have anyone to cover the stuff on Raw. If you want to follow me on social media at the underscore ozone that's me on Twitter. So give me a big old follow and if you want to see me and Trace race the the fast cars go to mixer.com slash the ozone and he and I will be doing co-streams all the time. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another riveting episode of Heel Turn. And until then... This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.